Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. James, the brother of Jesus, put it this way. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. This morning, this morning, one of the things we're going to talk about is, uh, is suffering. Suffering. I really appreciate Pastor Mark's giving me an easy passage to preach on this morning. So we're walking through 1 Peter together, and I invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 18 to 25. And suffering is one of the things that we're going to look at and talk about and recognize as Part of our existence as human beings, part of the makeup of our lives to some degree and sometimes to great degree. It was last August 29th that I was here at uh, Tulare Community Church and it was the day after Hurricane Irene had hit the East Coast. It had had a, a devastating effect In fact, it had impacted more than a dozen Reformed Church in America congregations. Three were completely devastated, Schoharie, Middleburg, and Prattsville. I asked for help that day, and this congregation generously gave, took an offering to be able to assist the other Reformed Church congregations on the East Coast. In addition to that, you recently sent the first work team or work group to go and partner with our disaster relief missionaries who are Bruce and Laura Hawley. And then just two weeks ago, I was there in Prattsville, and you can't believe the amount of appreciation, encouragement, and gratitude was shared by the people of Prattsville around the team that you sent, and especially to to Larry Community Church. And they said, Tom, make sure that when you're there that you would share with them personally how grateful we are for their help and for their support, for their caring, for their partnership, and their willingness to to give in our time of need. A time of suffering when you stepped forward and helped. And I especially want to say thank you. Thank you from... The community of Prattsville, thank you from the old Dutch Reformed Church in Prattsville. Thank you from the Reformed Church in America, and especially thank you from from me. Because being there in time of need is one of the ways that we deal with our issues of suffering. And the great thing to see is that as Tulare Community Church, you're leading the way for us, not just in that one way, but in multiple ways. Church multiplication. Uh, There is no church that's having the impact of birthing new congregations like Tulare Community Church anywhere in the Reformed Church in America. And again, for that, I say thank you. 
as you look at what missional ministry looks like, what it means to actually move out beyond your doors of the local congregation and say, we're going to impact our community for Jesus Christ. You're stepping up and saying, we want to do that. You're leading the way. Recognizing what it means to be a, a multiracial church, to recognize the environment and the culture and the society in which we live and to say God has given us a vision, again, beyond ourselves to be different and to do ministry different. And you're leading the way. And again, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for that example that you're giving. Thank you for the way that you're serving God. And so just keep it up. Keep it up. Because where there are bright lights, we need them to shine even brighter. And as you look at next Sunday and sharing in that Pentecost offering, Pentecost being that that day that was the birth of the church, when the Holy Spirit came down and infused and filled the church with with power to go and be my witnesses, Jesus Jesus said, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And so come next Sunday. Hear the incredible testimonies and stories of how what you're doing is making a difference in the lives of those planters in the communities where those churches are being started, in the life of your denomination. So if anything else I could say is just give generously, knowing that what you give is going to go back and live out the vision of Pentecost that our, that our Lord and Savior Jesus had, that we have together as the RCA and that you have as the community here at Tulare Community Church. Amen? Amen. Good. Let's look at God's word together and see what God has for us. In 1 Peter chapter 2, we're going to begin looking at verse 18. Slaves, submit yourselves to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it's commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he's conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Recognizing suffering is a part of our lives. And we look at when that suffering happens. A debt remains unpaid. A parent or a, a boss or a coach is unfair. Board member made life miserable. The jury, jury declared the innocent guilty. Fraudulent investors took the money and ran. A mate was unfaithful. A partner lacking integrity failed to live up to his or her agreement. The physician 
made an incorrect diagnosis. Another person got credit for work that you'd done. A neighbor refuses to treat you fairly. Someone started a rumor that damaged your reputation. A pastor whom you trusted and helped used you. A friend turned on you. One of your children, now grown, won't speak to you. Actions that are unfair, unjust, that cause pain, that create suffering. If you're a Christ follower, God has called you to endure unjust suffering without bitterness, without revenge, without the desire to hurt back. See, ours is a a fight back, get even, lawsuit prone society. And bitterness and the desire for revenge are constant companions. Unless we choose a, a different way. Unless we choose the way that Peter describes here in 1 Peter chapter 2. If I gave you access to my uh, Google calendar and you kind of scrolled back to the date of February 25, you discover on February 25, 2012, kind of a note, notation in my calendar that would read D Day. D-Day. It ties into another date on my calendar, way back to October 26, 1982. That's the day I received a phone call from my mom is a senior at Wheaton College. And she said to me, Tom, your dad has had a heart attack and he's died. My dad was... Only 50. Uh, No warning signs. Totally unexpected. Gone. I'd received my call to ministry when I was 16 years old, a junior high school. And I was excited to learn from my dad. My dad was an RCA pastor. I was looking toward seminary in my senior year of college. Plans change. It doesn't seem fair. Enter unjust suffering. February 25 marked my living the number of days that my dad had lived. I've now lived longer than my dad. I consider it living in the bonus in some ways. And you have a date. You have a date. You have an experience. You have a memory that defines unjust suffering. Either in your life or in the life of someone that you love and and care about. What God's word is to us today through the Apostle Peter is that we need to understand what it means to suffer. And he gives us some help in saying suffer this way. The first thing he says is about suffering innocently. Suffering 
innocently. Look at verse 19. For it's commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because he's conscious of God. That word translated pain means uh, kind of mental anguish or grief. It's not necessarily uh, physical pain. And it's tied to the word unjust. An idea of being unfair or innocent suffering. And as followers of Jesus Christ, that means that sometimes we're going to suffer even if we've done nothing wrong. Ponder that for a moment. Think deeply about that. As followers of Jesus, it means that sometimes we will suffer even if we haven't done anything wrong. When you do right, not just wrong, you will suffer. When you do right, you will be criticized. When you do right, things will not necessarily get better. When you do right, people will say hurtful things. When you do right, it won't be noticed. It may not even be appreciated. And yet, verse 24, we are called to live lives of righteousness. It's the message described it, to live the right way, to do the right things. And yet to be misunderstood and to be criticized and to be ignored and to be hurt for doing what is right, but not to return pain for pain or hurt for hurt. That we're to bear it without bitterness, without revenge, innocent, unjust suffering. It's part of what it means to follow Jesus. You say, why? Look at verse 21. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. It's our calling. Christ suffered for us. We're going to come back and look at that even more and what that means. But then there's a second way that Peter describes how we live in this suffering, and that is about suffering patiently. Suffering patiently. Look at verse 23. So we continue to go through this passage. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. See, in our suffering, we wait for God to respond. We entrust our situation. We entrust our lives to God rather than engaging in retaliation. And unjust suffering grows our dependence so that we become conscious of God. That's what it says in verse 19. And that we entrust ourselves fully and deeply and dependently upon God. And we can suffer patiently, just as Jesus did. 
I saw this up close and personal just a couple of weeks ago at the Reformed Church in Highland Park, New Jersey. In fact, I drove from Prattsville, New York, which is up close to Albany, down to Highland Park, New Jersey, and northeast New Jersey. And it was to meet with RCA members that, were, that are Indonesian Christians. They fled Indonesia in the late 1990s. They came from Jakarta. They came from Sumatra. They came from Sulawesi. It was a period of time when there was a persecution of Christians. In fact, they burned and destroyed over 1,700 churches in Indonesia during the 1990s. And they were allowed to come to the United States. There were about 5,000 persecuted Indonesian Christians that came during that time. Unfortunately, they didn't properly seek asylum with our government. And so now they've gotten married. They've had children. There's a congregation that worships at the Reformed Church of Indonesian Christians, an Indonesian church. And they're also in line to be deported back to Indonesia. They're going to be sent back to Indonesia, but their children, because they've been born in the United States, are U.S. citizens. And Indonesia won't let those children return. They're citizens of the U.S. They have to stay here. But U.S. says, you Indonesians, you need to go back to Indonesia. And the Christians have sought sanctuary, and they're actually now living in the Reformed Church in Highland Park. In fact, a couple of them live in the nursery and the children's classrooms, and they move their things every Sunday morning so that they can have church there. But they were persecuted for their faith in Indonesia. And they're additionally being persecuted here. And they shared with me as I was there their stories of suffering patiently. And then we come to the last part that Peter gives to us. And he talks about suffering purposefully. Purposefully. Look at verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you've been healed. And Peter comes and he just lays it out so beautifully. The purpose of Jesus' suffering. His suffering was personal. He himself. His suffering was substitutionary. He bore our sins. His suffering was severe. His body on the cross, on the tree. His suffering was redemptive. That we might die to sins and live for righteousness. His suffering was a cure. By his wounds, you were healed. His suffering was reconciling that we were stray sheep that returned to the shepherd. And it was Jesus' purpose in coming. And it required suffering. And that's the gospel. That he took our punishment. That he pays the price for our sin. 
that He gives us new life, that He heals our hearts, that He brings us back to God. And all of this is found in the cross of Christ. Christ suffered for you. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Christ's suffering had incredible purpose. See, he was standing in our place. Christ's suffering had purpose. An example of suffering that we, you and I, are to follow. Think back, if you can, maybe to when you were uh, in kindergarten. Maybe uh, even preschool. It's easier to think about when your kids were there or maybe your grandkids might have been there. Peter uses this word example, and it comes from a word right out of that situation in preschool or kindergarten because the word in Greek means to trace with big letters. And you can remember how you or maybe... You helped your kids or your grandkids learn how to write. And you might have a big letter A. And you'd trace right over it. And then you'd have a big B. And then a C. And you learned and went through the entire alphabet by by copying those big letters. And that's exactly what Peter's saying. The life of Jesus, even, but maybe especially, how he suffered and he died, is like a spiritual set of ABCs for us to copy. That what he did when he suffered, we trace that in our lives. Patience, silence, no retaliation. We trace that in our lives. We copy the letters that he left behind. Peter tells us that suffering is going to be a part of our lives. And that it's in our suffering that we walk in his steps. Verse 21. Because when we read it right here, that's the real answer to the question. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? How would Jesus respond? And how do we respond? Let's pray, shall we? Our Lord and our God, we thank you so much for your word to us. And for many of us, we have days and dates and experiences that have brought us pain and so look like unjust and unfair suffering. And Lord, in the midst of that, we need help and strength to be able to to live out and trace the big letters, those big letters of suffering that, that you live through. that we prepare to remember as we move into communion. 
your death, your sacrifice, and your suffering for us. Lord, as we remember all that you've given to us, Lord, we thank you that we can come and we can bring you our lives in return. And these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.